0: welcome to the seashore church message of the week this message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today for more resources like this or to learn more about our church visit seashorechurch.com we have the great privilege of our worship pastor emily Bose, is going to come and share the word with us this morning let's welcome her as she comes I'm going to grab this as a water bottle stand. (laughs) Um, Hi, guys. How's everybody doing? If you need to, like, move or stretch, stand up, take a sec, move around, take a deep breath. It's a lot of talking, you know, really good stuff, but I know sometimes it's easy to kind of, like, zone out if you're sitting and listening for a long time. I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much that you're here with us. Thank you for all the songs and prophetic words and things you've released already this morning. Thank you for how much of that is just confirming of the things you've been showing me for this message. So I ask that you would give me wisdom to share the things that you want to have shared this morning and that you would release revelation to all of us, God, of the things you want us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Um. Romy asked me to teach something in line with a lot of the relationships and just kind of living a healthy life that they've been talking about. So we're going to talk about boundaries, but I want to reframe the way we think about it. So I feel like when you say the word boundaries, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's not a topic that most people like to talk about, but I want to think about it in a different way. So... Um, Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen. Well, before I dive into that, I'm gonna say I think there's two ways to think about boundaries. You can think about it from a place of vision, or you can think about it from a place of rules. Right. Go We're gonna take the vision approach. So Proverbs twenty-nine says, where there's no revelation, another word for that is vision, the people cast off restraint. Another word for restraint is boundaries. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And I'll just make a side note. When you're reading your Bible, I remember at one point someone told me they thought boundaries were not biblical. There's boundaries all over the Bible. Anywhere that says boundary line, boundary, do this, don't do that, think like this, don't think like that. Those are all boundaries. Anywhere that there's an instruction, that's what those are. The Bible's full of them. So keep your eyes peeled for boundaries in your Bible. But... So where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. God uses boundaries to establish places of authority and inheritance. That's what he does. He gives us vision of where he wants us to function, what he wants us to own, or where he wants us to live our lives, in line with a lot of the words that were given this morning. So we need to start here. What is the vision for your life? your family, your work for this season. Who has God made you to be? What does he want you to be doing with your individual life? And he has something that he wants each of us to be doing with our individual lives. You don't have to be someone who stands on stage, who does something that's like a fancier, more visible ministry to have a calling or a vision for your life. Every single one of us has that. And he has things that he wants you to know for this season. And what is your prophetic identity? Who are you? Who does God see you as? And times and seasons change, right? So um, Clayton said, I lead the worship team here. My handsome husband was playing drums. We really lead it together. And um, if you didn't know this already, we're, ha- we're already fulfilling Clayton's prophecy. We're having a baby this year, which is very exciting, this summer. So we're really excited about that. And... Um, it's our first baby, so like everything in our life is about to change, right? <laughs> so, even though times and seasons change, like our identity is not going to change when we have this baby. The expression of our identity is going to change, but who we are and who God made us to be doesn't change throughout season. So, what it looks like can change, but what it is stays the same. Does that make sense? So, I don't want to spend a super long time because there's already been a lot of really awesome stuff on the prophetic, but how you know your prophetic identity is really simple. You just ask Jesus. He wants to tell you. Um, Hearing from God is not limited to a select group of people. In John 10, it says, His sheep hear His voice. So if you know Him, you can hear His voice. And He wants you to hear His voice. So... um, Bob Jones, the prophet, not the university, uh, said, you can be in heaven in the speed of a thought, which to me raises a question. What thought takes you to heaven, right? (laughs) Psalm 100 says, enter his presence with the password, thank you. So if you want a thought that takes you straight to heaven, that's where you start. So you guys want to try it with me real fast? Let's just do a quick... Like, 30-second activation. Just take a second, open your heart, and just start thanking Jesus for something. You can say it out loud. Like, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You're so good. You're so kind. You're so generous. You've provided so many things for us. Just lean into that. Thank you, God. Thank you for everything you've done for us, for your graciousness, for your kindness, for who you are, for our families, God, for our work, for our community. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so beautiful, God. We're so grateful for you for everything you've done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And keep your heart in that connected place. And then when you're in that place of connection, you just ask him questions. And two things I'll say on that. One is typically the first voice you hear is from the Lord. And it usually sounds like you. And don't rationalize away the things that he tells you. Just take it. As long as it lines up with scripture. I can't tell you how many times I'll be like, did you hear something? And they're like, someone will be like, I don't know if I heard anything. Like, well, what did you hear? I heard that God loves me and he thinks I'm beautiful. Well, yeah, that definitely wasn't the Lord. (laughs) Really? Like, come on. Even if you made that up it's, it's in scripture. Like it's true, you know? So as long as it lines up with the Bible, you can take it. Okay. So just try that. Keep your heart in that connected place and just ask him what his favorite thing is about you. Just ask him right now, Lord, show us what your favorite thing is about each of us or one of your favorite things. Just drop that in people's hearts right now and just take whatever you get real quick. And I'll just say, if Jesus starts speaking to you, you can just listen to him. You don't have to stop that and listen to me. Um, You can listen to this later. So the more comfortable you get recognizing his voice, the more questions you can ask. So if you get comfortable asking something like, what's your favorite thing about me? You can ask, what do you want me to know for today? Or this week? What do you want me to know about this problem at work? What are you telling me to do with my season? What is your calling for my life? Like, you can ask bigger questions as you get used to hearing his voice. So, and sometimes, I feel like sometimes we think of the prophetic and we approach it like we're constipated. We just try to, like, squeeze something out. It's like, no, it's not. It doesn't have to be that hard, guys. It doesn't have to be that hard just ask if you get something take it if not keep going he's going to show it to you he talks in lots of different ways sometimes it's voices sometimes it's visions sometimes you just feel something or you just know something so you can just roll with that so once you have the vision right without the vision we it's hard for us to align ourselves to the boundaries right so once you have the vision then you ask him for the values your values protect and empower you to live out your vision In this season. So it could be really practical. It may be that the Lord's like, big picture vision. I want you to, I'm calling you to the nations. You're going to the mission field. Values in this season, you need to get out of debt. It could be that practical, right? It could be um, that the Lord is showing you that he just wants you to be someone that brings peace into every situation, and you just want to have a more peaceful home, Like, you just want to figure out how to do that. It could be super practical. It could be really spiritual. But those values are what help you come down to what the boundaries need to be. I really like, um, Brene Brown talks about living big with boundaries, integrity, and generosity. So integrity is is basically living out those values. Like, when the Lord says, this is the vision, it's like he's like, this is the space I want you to live in. So you put yourself in that space, and you're like, okay, how do I define what this space is? And I define the space with the values of the things he's calling me to, and then you protect that space with boundaries. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So boundary, ident- uh, sorry, integrity is living the values that protect and promote the vision the Lord has given you. And boundaries are simply the actions that define your integrity. When you live within that space, then you can be generous because you're living from the overflow. You know the space you're in. You know what you have available to you. You know where your boundary lines are. And so you can actually be generous out of that and live big. Something else that I've been thinking about in preparing this is that our authority actually comes from living in that space. When we know the vision, we know the space we're supposed to be in, that's where you develop authority because you're actually standing in the space where you're meant to be. So boundaries, a really simple way to think about boundaries is just what's okay and what's not okay in this season. It's that simple. And it can apply to a lot of areas of life. In order to reach my vision and live my values, what things in my life are okay or not okay? If the vision is prophetic insight for your work, A value could be growing and practicing the prophetic, and a boundary could be setting aside a specific time every day to ask the Lord for one thing for your work that day. That's like how simple you can funnel this down. If um, creating that space and guarding it is how you get to your vision. Something I really appreciate, uh, Chris Valatin in his book Moral Revolution, which is about purity, he talks about boundaries as running towards a really big yes. And which would be our vision rather than running away from lots of no's. And I think the way we usually think about boundaries is a lot of no's, right? But it's actually saying, it's actually turning away from the no's and running toward the yes. Because you actually run toward whatever you focus on. So if you create this space and you set up these boundaries and you're like, look at all the things I can't do anymore, then it's like, you're only going to be constantly moving towards those no's. And it's going to actually be harder for you than looking at the yes of what you're trying to get to and just running towards that. Not all boundaries are going to be the same for everybody in every season. And I think we need to have a culture where we can honor and respect the boundaries that different people have, even though they might be different from us. Cause we all have different struggles and areas of challenge. I have friends that have struggled with alcoholism. I don't have a problem having a drink every once in a while. When I'm with them, I don't drink alcohol because that's a huge yes for them that they're pursuing. It's so easy for me to align myself with that and just support them in that pursuit. I don't have to be like, come on, you should be strong enough to handle this. I can. Well, there's things they could handle that I can't, you know, we should be And if you don't understand what someone's value is that they're pursuing, just ask them and let's align with each other around those things. Um, And there's seasons, right? I'm pregnant. I'm not drinking alcohol. It's not hard. You know, like I have a big vision of having a healthy baby. I'm not going to drink for nine months. Like, so your boundaries can change because your values can change in different seasons. When I'm not pregnant, I might have one on occasion. It's not a big deal. Does that make sense? So like, The way those things can ebb and flow a little bit, it doesn't mean my boundaries aren't solid. It just means in different seasons, I pursue different things because of the value of that season. So here's some examples. Um, When Safir and I were dating, we had a really clear vision for what we both wanted. We wanted to get to our marriage with purity in our relationship, and we didn't want to, like, barely scrape in. (laughs) We really wanted to have our integrity intact. And we talked about it and we felt like, no, there's something that we want to protect in our relationship. So what can we put around that? And we had very strong boundaries. In fact, I had friends who told me our boundaries were too strong. And honestly, we didn't have the same level of struggle that a lot of my friends did because we had extremely strong boundaries and they were extremely clear. This is something that I think we struggle with with boundaries sometimes is that we get really uncomfortable making things very clear. And then we get frustrated when people don't keep our boundaries. But we were not clear about what they were. And so if you want people to be able to partner with you and honor and respect your boundaries, you have to be extremely clear about what they are. And I love this expression, clear is kind. We tend to think that unclear is kind, right? But unclear is actually unkind. When you're vague about a boundary, that's not being kind because likely someone will walk over it and then you'll resent them for it and that's going to damage your relationship. Right? Clear is kind. And with boundaries, you have to be clear and you can communicate them in a kind way and you should, but they need to be clear and, and don't, we don't have to spiritualize boundaries either. It could be like, hey guys, you're at my house. I love you all. I have to get up early. It's nine. You got to leave. I love you. And at the beginning of the night, you can say, hey, you're coming over. We have to wrap at nine because we have to get up early. I love you all. Just keep in mind, I need everyone to leave at nine. And then people like me that tend to hang out late, I will be like, oh, bye (laughs) at nine o'clock. But if you don't tell people, then you can't expect them to know. And that's where you can be generous, right? Like, if I tell you when you come to my house, and need you to leave at 9 p.m., I'm gonna make a generous assumption that your heart is to honor the boundaries that I'm gonna set. And if, you, if I'm not clear about it and you don't, I can still be generous in my assumption. Hey, you didn't know. Let me tell you, next time you come over, nine is when our house shuts down. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, um, Yeah, be explicit when you're setting boundaries. Be kind, assume the best, but be clear. Um, So one thing that was helpful in our relationship boundaries is we were more focused on what we were pursuing than what we weren't able to do, which made, I think, made a huge difference because we weren't constantly like, ugh, we're so confined by everything we can't do. We were just like, no, this is what we're going after. None of that really matters. Because we have a vision for what we're pursuing. Um, Finances. When we got married, we wanted to buy a house. We had a little bit of debt. We didn't have a lot of discipline around money. And we both believe God wants us to be generous and good stewards. So we took a year and a half. We got really serious about budgeting. We did a lot of Dave Ramsey listening and paid off a lot of debt. And we got to buy a house this year, which was very, or in 2022, which was very exciting. During that time of discipline, there were a lot of things that we said no to, but um, it was worth it for the big yes of being out of debt and being able to buy our house. I remember, I think it was our sister-in-law Megan, or it might have been you, Alicia. We were at, um, David's my brother and Alicia's my sister-in-law. We were at a store somewhere and one of them was looking at a dress and they were like, oh, I really like this dress. It's like $30. Would I rather spend $30 on a dress now or have $30 to spend on our vacation in Mexico later? They were like, Mm, Mexico. And I was like, oh, that's how that works. Okay. Like, that was a boundary. That was pursuing a yes, right? Budgets are boundaries on your money. That's what it is. It's what's okay and what's not okay for my money in this season. It can change in different seasons. We're getting ready to have a baby. We're tightening our budget. You gotta... That, Save money to have a baby, right? So, you know, different seasons, you have um, different priorities. And I will say, in that season where we were super focused and really restrained, the Lord really met us. He really met us in that place with a lot of generosity and provision that we did not expect and didn't earn. He really came through in that season of discipline for us because we were, like, doing everything we could to pursue the vision he gave us, and he just added to it generously. Um, when I lived back home with my parents, we had a season where we had this worship night that sort of happened (laughs) in our house. It's a very cool story. I'll tell you guys if you haven't heard it sometime later, but it's called family night. We ended up having this weekly worship night for, uh, eight or so years. And, um, It was really interesting. We did a couple of 24-hour prayer and worship things in our house. and It was fascinating because you could feel the atmosphere, like that atmosphere of worship that we get to here on Sundays, like halfway through or towards the end of worship, where you're like, wow, I can feel like the presence of the Lord. We cultivated that feeling in our house because there was so much worship that went on there. And I remember there would be times where, there were five kids. We were not perfect. We'd fight sometimes or bicker or whatever. And people would be fighting and someone would be like, oh my gosh, you're ruining the atmosphere. Stop. <laughs> or like, we'd be watching a TV show or something. And it's like, wasn't anything bad. You could just feel the atmosphere start to shift because of whatever we were watching. And we're like, "Uh, oh, turn it off. You're messing up the atmosphere. And it wasn't religious. It wasn't like, oh, that has things that we probably shouldn't watch. So, like, maybe we should turn it off. It was like you could tangibly feel the presence of the Lord moving. <laughs> and, like, once you get used to feeling it there, you don't want it to leave. That's a really big yes. You're like, ooh, this is in our house. Let's keep it here. So um, there's things that you can do. That's what I'm saying. Like, everybody has different things. There might be movies that, or TV shows that are okay for you to watch that really are difficult for me or don't feel good for me in this season. It's all gonna be different for everybody. Um, But I think there's so many different places that the idea of boundaries and applying our values and our vision can apply that we don't always tend to think of. Um, I think health is a really easy one. We all know if you wanna be healthy, you can't just eat whatever you want and never exercise. (laughs) You gotta have some level of, unless you're Clayton, you gotta have some level of discipline um same with emotional and spiritual health. You can't expect to be spiritually healthy and never read your bible or pray. You can't expect to be emotionally healthy and not have to change any unhealthy emotional habits. Like you can't stay the same and also get to something new. You have to be willing to change. Um and it takes some discipline. Um relationships. I've had some friendships that were I think the Lord 100% used them, placed them in my life for a moment that was super, super valuable for me. And then several months later, they were totally toxic and I could not stay in relationship with them because of where I was in my life. The person didn't change. I actually changed. But because I was on this journey of healing, they were instrumental to get me literally from one place to another and help open a door for me to do that. And then our paths just departed really significantly, and I still love them, I still wish the best for them, I just couldn't stay in the same level of relationship with them because of where I was in my life. So you have to know the vision for your relationships. I know we've talked about this a lot in church, but what's your vision? Would you rather have strong, trusting relationships, or would you rather tell that tasty morsel of gossip about someone else right now? which one, you know, like, which one are you pursuing? The one thing that I've really valued is getting to be friends with people who really guard other people's stories. Because it's amazing how safe you feel to be vulnerable with someone that you know won't tell someone else's story to you. I actually, (laughs) one of my friends who is, like, super like, super careful about guarding other people's stories, told me she had a time where she was telling someone, oh, I'm having this struggle with this thing. And they're like, let me tell you this testimony that'll really encourage you. There was this girl and she struggled with that thing too. And then she did this and that, and it was totally great. And she's like, yeah, that's my story that I never told you. So someone else was telling my friend's story to other people as an encouragement to them of what God was doing for a breakthrough in this other person's life, and it literally got all the way back to her. <laughs> and so we have to be really careful, even with other people's stories, unless they say, hey, I don't care who you tell, because there are those testimonies that are just great, tell everybody. And it's easy to do, so like I catch myself doing it sometimes too. We just We wanna encourage other people, just be careful telling stories that you did not personally live, because, You just never know who you're talking to or whose story you're repeating. Um, And when we can be that level of safe, then other people can start to share more deeper things with us as well. Does that make sense? Um, Another thing, uh, one more example here. I know we talked about that I lead the worship team, but something I've tried really hard to cultivate in my team is the freedom for people to tell me how much they can serve in any given season. We have people that would literally play every week if I would let them, and people who can only play once a month or twice a month. And that's great. I'm so happy to work with what is good for people in that season of their life. Because then, and you guys on my team, correct me if you ever don't feel this way, But I don't feel like people on the worship team are serving because they feel like they have to or they feel like we're overburdening them because they're constantly having to do things that feel outside of their season. They have the freedom to say, this is what's okay and this is what's not okay for me in this season. And if I really need their help with something, I'll ask them and they know they have the freedom to say no if they need to. Laura always gives me a hard time because I'm always like, hey, can you do this? No pressure. hey, what do you think about this? No pressure though, you can say no. Um, But we do say, for the most part, if you are playing on Sunday, you have to be there on Tuesday at practice. Like that's another boundary in our team that helps it stay healthy, that helps everyone function well together. So um, there should be the freedom in those things, like with your time, with your money, with your relationships, Like you have freedom to change it in different seasons, but you're allowed to tell people This is okay, this is not okay right now. Boundaries are actually designed to create freedom. I think we tend to think of them as creating restriction. They don't, they actually create freedom. They did a study um, of these kids in a playground and they found that when you have a playground with no fence around it, the kids all huddle in the middle and they stay on the playground equipment and that's it. And when you put a fence around a playground, the kids will go everywhere, all the way up to the edges. They'll explore the whole thing because you feel safer when you know where the boundaries are. You're safe to explore. You're safe to fully express and experience everything in this space that your vision and your values have outlined with the Lord when you know where the edges are, right? Um, When you know how much money you have allocated for something, you can freely spend it and there's no guilt, and you get to enjoy it. It's awesome. Uh, When you have a clear vision for your relationship, you can navigate hard moments because you know what you're running toward. If you have a vision for the atmosphere in your home, you can be disciplined in your approach because there's freedom in what you're creating. It's funny, when David was singing We Make Space, I was like, this is literally a boundary song. (laughs) It's like, we're literally carving out space for more of the presence of the Lord. And then we're saying, like, clear out the clutter. That's, like, all the stuff you're saying no to in order to have more space for the presence of the Lord in your space. I keep using that word. You know what I mean. So um, boundaries are actually a form of discipline. They're not always fun at the moment, right, but they yield good fruit. Hebrews 12 says all discipline seems to be painful at the time, But later, it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those that yield to it. And further down, it says, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. So discipline is actually evidence of God's love for you. We discipline kids because we love them and want them to grow up healthy and have all their fingers and toes. <laughs> My nephew Micah is turning one tomorrow and like he will literally run into the road if you let him because he just wants to run around. And it's kindness. It's the love of his parents to say, oh, this is the edge of our driveway. <laughs> you know, this is the space you can play. That's kind of how the Lord is with us with these things. Uh, John 15, 2 says the Father cares for the branches that are connected to Jesus by lifting and propping the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. Um, I think we, we rightly recognize that pruning is a form of discipline, but I think sometimes what we miss is that pruning is actually your reward for being fruitful. It's he prunes the fruitful branch. If you're just being propped up, that's because you don't have any fruit, (laughs) you know? I want to be the fruitful branch. And so pruning is the reward for fruitful branches to have a greater harvest. And so um, yielding to the discipline of the Lord in our lives actually produces more fruit. And I think sometimes we go through seasons where we feel really fruitful, and then you step into the next phase of your life, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just got trimmed back so far. Like, I thought I was doing good. You know, we think of that discipline as being punishment. It's actually not. It's actually a reward. It's like, you did so well. I'm going to prune these areas that you don't need right now so you can actually continue on to be more fruitful. So if you start having this conversation with the Lord where you're like, vision, values, boundaries, those things, and it feels constrained, that's probably a good sign that you have areas of fruitfulness in your life and he's setting you up to be more fruitful. So, um, an easy test to know if your boundaries are in the right place. Um, Does the fruit of your decisions, is the fruit of your decisions good and godly? Like as you're making these decisions to carve out this space, what's the fruit of those? Is it good? Is it aligned with the word? Is it godly? Your boundaries are probably in a good place. Do you feel, this is such an interesting one, I think, of, of discipline and, and learning how to live in this way. Do you feel the pain of regret in the moment or do you feel the pain of discipline? Because both can be a little painful, honestly, but they feel different. And like the pain of discipline is more like, oh, I worked out yesterday. It was a good workout. I'm like, good sore today, right? You guys know what I mean? Like, that's more the pain of discipline. Whereas the pain of regret, I think we all know what that feels like. <laughs> um, and it's usually real quick, right? Um, do you feel resentment towards the people around you because you feel like they're not protecting your boundaries? Um, that's probably a sign that you have not been clear enough. It's not the people around you are terrible and they're just trying to like use everything up from you and you know suck all the life out of you. They probably just don't know that your boundaries in that spot. So you just have to have the courage to clearly communicate what's okay and what's not okay because your vision is worth fighting for. The vision the Lord has given you is worth the effort. And are you living big? Like do you have boundaries? Do you have integrity? Do you have generosity? When you live in the boundaries of your integrity, you actually have the capacity then to make those generous assumptions about people. You can assume the best about them because you're living within that space. So start with your vision from Jesus, vital step. Don't just go looking at your life and be like, we need some things here and here. Ask him first. Take the time to get the vision. That's the most important piece. And then determine what values and actions will protect and promote that vision. And then define what's okay and not okay based off of those things, based off of your integrity. And then you clearly and kindly communicate with the people around you, which is good accountability for you and them. Sometimes we need other people to help us keep our own boundaries. You know, sometimes there's things that are hard for us to do, and you can bring friends around and be like, hey, I'm trying to set this up, and it's not easy for me to keep. Will you help keep me accountable to maintaining this? That's what community's for. And then once you do that, you can live freely and generously in that space, standing in your authority to pursue that vision for the things the Lord has for you. So I'm just going to pray on this, and we can be done. So thank you, Lord, so much that You are a kind and generous God. Thank you that you have vision. You have prophetic identity and vision and purpose and calling for every single person in this room for the season of life that they're in right now and for their future. I ask, Lord, that you would download to each person here what the vision and values are for this season of their life and into the future, what those areas of integrity are, Lord, what their sphere of influence and authority is that you want them to function in God, and then that you would help them uh, to see and align with the discipline that you have for their life and to clearly and kindly communicate those boundaries to the people around them. Holy Spirit, you're so good at all of this stuff. It's not something that we're uh, left to do on our own. It's something that you are standing with us at every moment to help us do, to help us be um, aligned with the plan and the purpose that you have for us. So I thank you that you're with us, that you're empowering us in this, that you have given us every single thing we need to live a godly life. You've already made it available to us, so we just reach in and access those things now. And thank you that you're helping us to be a healthy community, a community that walks in health, that walks in prophetic identity, that walks in the things you've called us to, Lord. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this, or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.